Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Guys that can make a difference. Guys that can give you that spark. Guys that give you something just a little bit different. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd today is Zolgad, Myron, Metcalf. ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com, ESPN Radio, all those platforms. Uh, We are in the TCL Broadcast Studios as always. All right, before we talk about the Wolves, I can't help myself. And I don't want to... I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to be as, how can I put this, as uh, diplomatic as possible yeah. because it's not funny because there is a person who's dead here. But you just found something, I believe, on the Twitter. Yeah. Can you describe it for us? Uh, well, there's a young man, Renard Matthews, uh, who I guess was killed a couple weeks ago, 18 years old. That that's obviously tragic. But he was buried. Uh, I guess his, his family wanted him to be viewed in death as he was in life. So there is a picture floating around Twitter where the funeral is him in like an office chair, Like there's no casket. He's in an office chair wearing a Kyrie Irving Jersey. He's got his Xbox controller in his hands. Doritos. Uh, the, the story says he was surrounded by snacks. It was like a diet Dr. Pepper or something. And he's got shades on and he's completely like, he just sitting in the chair. Like that's the funeral. It's not like, like, I don't even know how to describe it. That's not a picture. That is him. You showed it to me, and I thought it was just a dude playing <laughs> video games in a Kyrie Irving Celtics jersey. Yes, it is, you know, weekend at Bernie's kind of look, yeah. except this is like the real deal. And I was asking Judd off air, if you show up to the funeral and you don't know that that's what's about to happen, right? do you keep walking in or do you say, uh, honey, maybe we, maybe this is the wrong funeral? Because that is, I couldn't do it. Dave, your thoughts? I'm trying to decide exactly. I'm, I'm debating myself. I don't think I could do if it. If I would leave or not. Because <sighs> no one prepares you for that. No, if you don't know, it's going to be there. <laughs> I mean, this is at the wake. This is at the funeral home. This yes. is, oh my. There's no, I, there's no casket. I don't think I can stay. There's no casket. I don't even like the open casket. That exactly. makes me very uncomfortable. Exactly. And this is... This is like open casket two point. This is beyond open casket. Oh, yeah. This is a guy who looks like he's alive, just sitting in a chair with his Doritos. Why Doritos? I don't know. And he's got his Why Xbox controller. Let's true. true. He just enjoyed, he did, he enjoyed yeah. video games, the Celtics and Doritos. Yeah. And I get the concept of, hey, wanting someone to be viewed in death as they were in life. But 
I, I couldn't do it. And like, do you say, and you know, if you go and you stay, do you say stuff like, well, he looks so happy and peaceful? Yeah, I don't know what like you can you see say. Open casket, older person dead. Yeah. We often say, oh, they look so at peace. Yes. They look so good. What do you say? But this is. I don't think you say anything, Judd. I, I don't think I could stay. Because I this, don't think I could make no. it. And if this is a friend and you have to go, like, you got to say all those pleasantries. You got to say, oh, that's, um, that, that's interesting. That's oh, interesting. You, you that's sign one. the book and leave, right? You, you can't stay. No, oh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you sign the book. But how do you get out of it? I think you got to say, you know what? It, just wanted to be here for you, but we're going to go. But I mean, I would take, maybe she takes offense. The family may take offense to like, what, you don't want to, you don't like that. I've got, you know, my, my serious, son with the Xbox controller. Serious question. Do you think they, they issued a warning that this was going to be, because at least if you were prepared for it, you, you could either not go or if you went, you would be, see, I think what would catch me is if I'm not prepared for it, the shock of walking in and seeing a deceased person yeah. propped upright with a controller and Doritos. Yeah. The problem is, and again, I'm not laughing at the whole thing at, is, the, at the tragedy. It's, it's, it's very tragic. An 18 year old lost his life, but 100%. that's, I would be worried. I would see it and exactly. I would laugh and I obviously nobody wants that. A text might make it worse. Because now, if I've warned you, you don't have any excuse. Right? You, now you got to come because you know what's coming, right? Sure. So if you show up, now I expect you to stay. I don't think I'd laugh, though, because I think if I was prepared, if, if I'd gotten a message or text saying that we're going to proceed like this. How it's would you so, describe this, so, But if you know about it, it's so tragic that this kid is dead. Yes. That I think I could, that I would go to the service with that in mind. And I think that would preclude me from laughing. What would cause me to laugh would be seeing it and being like, oh my God. Yeah. Yo, huh. Yes. Like, yeah. like that laugh. That. Um, so as weird as this might be, at least if I knew, I think I would just keep in mind a kid is dead. A kid is dead. Yes. And I wouldn't laugh because that's so sad. I just don't know what you put in the text. Hey, everybody. This is going to be a different kind of a funeral. Uh, my my son or nephew is going to be up in a chair eating do- with his Doritos yeah. and Xbox controller. Like, how do you how do you text that? <laughs> I don't think there's a way to text that. I think you would say he's going to be up in a chair, and we are going to put a video game. I don't think you would you would bring up the Doritos because at that point it is it does become so weird. Yeah, I think you would say that you know this person's going to be upright in a chair with a video game. I I think you would have I, how to would say I not laugh, and I'm not. I wouldn't laugh but, at the tragedy, but you might laugh at the text. At, but that would stop you from laughing at when you walked in. I once laughed at a funeral with a relative who played this acoustic rendition of a song that was off key. <laughs> and I didn't mean to do it. It just happened. Beloved relative. He wasn't wearing socks and shoes for some reason. Maybe that contributed to it. Off key rendition of a song. He's playing his guitar. I laughed. It, it wasn't, it was tragic, but it was just the thing and the moment and everything coming together. And I'm one of those people who. Will laugh at weird times. You like, look for levity in a serious yeah, yeah. And, and situation. Long, how long was your laugh? Like just a quick? It was a quick, but it was it was. You heard me. I mean, not not. <laughs> ah, but you heard me. My, 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 put it this way. My mom gave me a look. I got a look from my mom. You know, like what's going on here? So I think I, that would be me at this particular age film. at the time. Thirty-two. Okay, so you were oh, okay, okay, like so, a kid. So you weren't like a twelve-year-old now. Okay. No socks and shoes, acoustic version of the song. No one's expecting this. It was, it was, <laughs> I think I would be right there with you. Right? It, I mean, it's just, 
I didn't expect the no it. No socks and shoes actually amuses <laughs> me more than being off. Key. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it, and I laughed. This to me is in that category. Very tragic moment. Oh yeah. But how am I not going? Help me understand, Judd, how I'm not going to laugh at this event. Like, how do I prevent myself from watching this and not having a moment? And we're so analytical as, as you know, people in our business. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a moment where I think I break. I think I might, if I walked in and flat out didn't know this, yeah. so let's just say I think I'm going to <laughs> open casket, I don't know if I would have, <laughs> so bad. I don't know that if I would start to laugh or, or be, and I'm serious here, completely just freaked out by it. One or the other, Like, right? open casket, I can handle. Grew up Catholic, I can handle it. I'm not a big fan now, but I can handle it. But if I saw a, a corpse, basically, Basically, yeah, or just a corpse yeah. propped up. I think I would either I would either do the spit take laugh and or just freak out. <laughs> like so I'd be like, "This is so weird." Yes, this is spooky. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Either way, you got to find another room, though. Whether you find it funny or scary, you gotta you gotta move. You gotta well, you gotta just go. Yeah, you I gotta find just, a different spot. I, mean, I think you made the good point. Find the buffet or something. You, you sign the guest book, and then you and then you just go. Um, my question is, I wish there was a, a funeral home director. Are there limits to what you can request? Like, I, I don't know Good enough question. about that business, but are there limits to if you say, hey, I want my loved one to do this or look like this? Like, can a, will most funeral homes, do they have limits on that's what really they won't question. do? Like, I mean, that's what makes me think of this, I too. I that's state to state, too. I, I, that's the thing. I, I'm like, is this something you can? I would guess in Minnesota you couldn't but I, I mean, prop I, somebody else. But I mean, I wonder, are there limits? He always wanted to dunk. Is there a list of. He always wanted to shoot a three pointer. And that's why Judd, and that's why Judd in formaldehyde is, has his hand up with a basketball shooting a tray. I'm picturing Judd in death as he was in life. Had a scorecard? On the couch, clicker in one hand. You've got one half empty in the right hand, a couple empties strewn about on the table before you. Maybe you've got the laptop in front working on a column. Zolgad colon. It was a nice run. A scorecard, too. A scorecard and pen. E6. Stella's just running around. Daddy, take me outside. I got to pee. Nah, now Daddy's dead. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Are there limits? I mean, is there? Because that looks to me like. I don't care who you are. You would get that call and go, huh? <laughs> you want what? No, you don't want that. Right. No, yeah. No, I do. Like I, In you, a Celtics jersey? Yeah, Kyrie. Isn't that isn't it your job, though, as someone in that position to convince someone you really don't want that? Like, kind of like a, you know, whether it's a doctor no, or a lawyer. Yes, like, it is. Hey, you, I know you think you want this, but you really don't want mm-hmm. this, and here's why. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> And funeral directors are ordinarily, I think, very good at that. Yeah. Because they're so used to people who are grieving and in shock that they know they know that what you say might not be the most rational thing. And so I think they are ordinarily pretty good at being like, no, let's do this instead. Yeah. And I mean, they'll go to large lengths to make things as comfortable and good for you and the family as possible. But... In this case, I'm guessing I, either the funeral director didn't say no and or the family was that insistent. Yeah, I just can't imagine being a friend or somebody and walking in and seeing that and not knowing it's coming. Yeah, that would be... A person propped up. Stunning. Stunning. Uh, if you are a funeral director, 
We'd love, love to know. hear from you. <laughs> love Let to us know. know what is the limit? Can you prop up a dead person in a wolf's jersey in this state? 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd today is Olgad and Myron Metcalf. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That is good news. On 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more Mackie and John live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. The second guy off the floor basically out with a good block. Oh, and he, he hits another one. Doing it on both ends. This young man, Big Ten Player of the Year, knocking down corner threes in Las Vegas. And the, the, the most amazing thing in my, my mind in recent sports, Myron continues, the NBA Summer League, yeah, which is on constantly now. People are clearly watching it. Uh, that, that's from the Wolves game, I believe, against uh, Toronto, right? Yep. Yesterday, Yesterday they yep. played. Uh, they played the Nuggets, if I'm not mistaken. Day Friday on Friday yep. night. Um, but you, you tweeted this and sent me a note, uh, Kata Bates Diop. You think this kid's going to be pretty good? Here's my question for you, because you, you've covered this before too. What can you take away from these games? Because you know we get very excited about yeah. it and we talk about and and ESPN does a great job. Yeah. Next up, it's the Celtics and Lakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I might want to watch what's that. The, I might want to watch the Celtics guy? and Lakers. Exactly. <laughs> so, what's your what's your takeaway from what can be read into these games? Do you think? I, I mean, I think we've seen some examples. Uh, Donovan Mitchell lit it up before he was Rookie of the Year in the summer league. I mean, I think we've seen some examples of guys who showed that, hey, they might have some edge. Overall, I never get too excited about it. What I do watch, though, certainly are some of the uh, maybe underrated guys, uh, guys like Katie Bates-Diop, because second-round pick who was projected to be a first-round pick for a long time, I honestly think the only thing that hurt him was he's 22, which now, Judd, that's old. I mean, if you're 20, I was going to say, he's an old man. Now it is. If you're a 22-year-old rookie, you're old. Considering that, you know, I believe Kevin Knox, who was drafted by the Knicks, was 18 years old, you know, even in the one-and-done era. So I think that's the only thing that held him back. But when you watch a guy like that, he went three for six from the three-point line last night. Big kind of stretch forward who, you know, if you're a Wolves fan and you're looking at Andrew Wiggins and – who knows what happens next year with him? Is he motivated this offseason or does do the problems we've already seen continue? Mm-hmm. Bates Diop, I think, is a guy you look at him and go, you know what? He can, he might be able to help. Length, size, I, I think he's a really smart player. There's also the Jimmy Butler question. You know, what happens with him? So I think uh, Bates Diop proved all last year he has some of the tools, but I never crown anybody in Summer League because it and is Summer League. No, it's, I mean, some of these guys are guys who, weren't drafted, were only signed for Summer League. And they just bounce around from team to team to team. Bounce around. Some of these guys are on their fourth to fifth try trying to make a team. Some of these guys have been on a league for a long time. But I give I give this league credit. Myron, they do a fantastic job. job now. This this has become this has become something that has gone from this sort of sideshow thing where guys get, get experience no. to this is a serious league now as far as business goes. Yes. Like these gyms look like they're not packed across the board, but they certainly get good crowds. People go out there and watch this. This is this to me is when, when you look at what the NBA has done right, and I watch it a little bit, yeah. but this is something where you look and say, why is this league so successful? It's because they've done a really good job of marketing something like this. They've done a great job. And now that it's become, as you said, the cool thing to do, yep. now the stars come. You know, now you, now you get, yeah, just watch the games. Yeah. Kevin Durant, the Steph, the, 
those guys come and just watch. So now that adds another element because some of the halftime interviews or in-game interviews you get, and you're not going to get them anywhere else. You're not going to track down Kevin Durant at any point this summer, but you might see him at Summer League, and all of a sudden we get some insight on what he's thinking. Uh, the other point is, Judd, they do it in Vegas. They bring everybody to Vegas, which is the smartest move for the NBA. They've got to get a team there, right? You would think. Everyone else is getting one. Right. Uh, but, you know, the NBA has long held this whole idea of we we can't be in Vegas, but now that we're getting over this fake fear of gambling. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, And um, they, they've been at, at the forefront of trying to be aggressive in embracing it. Yeah. So yeah. you got to put a team there. You would hope. I mean, I, I hope that's the next move. Clearly, there's interest in the NBA, and the Summer League proves as much. And they're very smart to bring all these teams into one place. Because that helps, too. Yeah, and speaking of guys who uh, who you find at these games, uh, during the course of the uh, Raptors-Wolves telecast yesterday, Tibbs uh, joined the broadcast crew, and he said some things. I don't want to say that they were completely interesting, but yeah. he also left a guy out to a certain degree that was um, a curious thing for a guy who loves Jimmy Butler. Carl and Andrew, you're talking about two guys that are really young and have done some terrific things already in their career. And the, the exciting part of that is that you know they're going to get a lot better also because of their age. And you can throw Tyus Jones in with that group as well. Uh, and then, of course, with Jimmy, uh, Jimmy and, and Carl are both All-NBA players. Two, uh, both guys made the All-Star team. And then you can't forget about the contributions of Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson, which I thought were, were huge for our starters. Our starting unit was very, very uh, efficient. It was top five in uh, in uh, offense, and it was uh, uh, seventh in defense. So obviously uh, the bench is something that we have to shore up. Question becomes, what do you glean from that? Because Tibbs doesn't tell you much, and yeah. ordinarily you, you have to read between the lines. Um, and he mentioned Jimmy. But I feel like a year ago we got a lot more Jimmy. Oh yeah, than we got right there on Sunday. Yeah, especially that's his guy. I mean, Jimmy is his guy. So you would expect if, hey, what's next year's team looking like? That he would gush about Jimmy the way he has before. Uh, but this, and again, you never read too much in anything. But this was Carl Towns is very, very good, and he's young and he's going to get better. Wiggins will get better too. Throwing Tyus, uh, yeah, Jimmy was an all star. Did I tell you about Jeff Teague? You ever <laughs> met Jeff Teague? I think at some point, if you're Tibbs, Judd, you got to begin to embrace the possibility that Jimmy Butler ain't ever coming back. Uh, and if that's the case, you have to trade him as soon as possible, right away, to maximize that, right away. And I think he's he's. Do you think Jimmy? Do you think Jimmy likes Tibbs more or Kyrie more? I think it's a buddy league now. I think it's Kyrie. Okay. I think I think I think we're in one big buddy cop movie. Where everybody's looking for their best friend who can co-star. Or oh, the old school fans don't. Film. They, they don't like that. That's that is what it all is. Yep. And you know, you should be afraid. I, I talked to some guys over the weekend for the show I do at ESPN about whether or not small market teams should be afraid when they have stars. And the response was yes. If you've got a Carl Towns, if you're Milwaukee and you got a Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo, OKC gets away with it. OKC is unique. I feel like okay. uh, the Paul George. Everyone thought he was going to go to L.A., and maybe if the Lakers trade for him last year, he's still in L.A. now. But I think a lot of teams are worried that my star is going to link up with your star, and I'm going to lose him. Whether I want to or not, I'm going to be in a situation where I'm forced to trade them. Jimmy and Kyrie, do do you think that that they would ultimately hook up in Boston or more likely with a team like the Knicks, which could get them both? And the Knicks have been—it would be fun to see the Knicks be good again at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. 
I think when the Lakers and Knicks are good and Celtics, teams yeah. like that, it's fun. Do you think there'd be a more likely scenario under which Jimmy lands in a Boston or that they just both break free uh, and sign elsewhere? Boston makes the most sense, you would think. Um, but I think someone's going to New York. Like like someone, as what you just explained, someone's going to look at New York and go, wait a minute, I got a chance to be the man in They'll New York? They'll build a statue. They you, got, will be, you will have a statue. If you if you can take that good. that organization after how poorly it's been run, if you could take the Knicks to an uh, to an NBA championship, there would be a statue outside the garden. Yes, it. and I think David Fisdale makes it more likely because he's viewed as sort of a player's coach. Somebody's going to go to New York. Dolan has to stay out of the way. Just don't until, even show up. Yes. Yep. You are not welcome. No. You're not helping anything. If until that day comes... I think that there will be trepidation about going there. Yeah. But if he ever says, you know what, I'm going to back away. Yeah. Or 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 if he sells, that's the big thing. If he sells and you can go there and you win a championship or even get good again, you'll be a hero. That, yeah. That could change everything. It's still New York. Stars, I think, eventually will want to play there. Do you have the same concern? I, I know Phil does, and and I've I do now as well. I guess that the Wolves. They went from being a non-playoff team to a playoff team. Yep. They went from 31 wins, I think, to 46. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of on-the-surface, hey, things have, have improved, including the fact that this team didn't make uh, the playoffs for 13 years. But do you have the same feeling of, I don't think this is going to last, and, and it just feels like, other than Cat, that Jimmy's going to bail, Andrew's not going to improve, Tibbs is going to continue being Tibbs, my problem here is I don't see a plan. I don't see a long-term yeah. plan other than just ho- hoping that Cat continues to improve and he's a star player. Yeah. I think Cat is going to evolve into a top-ten player. I mean, he's getting there now. Um, he is your best marketing tool to other players. And I think what will help Towns and what will help the Timberwolves in the future is when Towns becomes an Olympian, when he's playing on national teams when he's playing in all-star games and he's building bonds with some of these younger players yep he can pull a paul george westbrook but is the coach the, the right guy can I don't think tibbs Anthony... is, no tibbs tibbs won't it tibbs is on the line this year i think clearly because okay. i don't see being able to convince people well one one i don't understand why tibbs and butler are already alienating uh carl to a certain degree right now makes no sense it doesn't but I also don't see it being where Carl can go tell his three friends, come play, come play with me on the Wolves. And oh, by the way, we're coached by Tibbs, yeah. who screams for entire games. Yeah. Not yeah, definitely not yet. But if you look at Chris Paul to Houston and some of these other unconventional moves, I think Carl being great is the best thing that can happen for the future of the franchise for sure. Let's go to the phone lines for a quick call. Our buddy Howard in Chicago. Hey Howard. Hey, it's nice that you have a guest on who we've had dinner together, so that goes back a little bit. Uh, you two Myron? questions. Two questions. When does the NBA realize that either you have a hard cap or no cap? Because what you have now is destroy every team in the Midwest. There is no major free agent who has gone and signed outside of LeBron in the team in the Midwest. And I don't call Oklahoma City the Midwest. All right. There is none. So how do you keep a franchise? How do you keep a league of viable when you can't have any movement Inward, and we want to say it's great when the Celtics are great and the Lakers are great. I think it's great when every team can compete, not mm-hmm. only the teams on the coasts and in the south. 
So the question is this: When when did did you guys break bread, Howard? Yeah, but Howard, we. When did you and Myron break yeah. bread? Have no, dinner together? Yeah, a while back, but it's okay, Myron. You don't have to remember me. Yeah. Now, now, wait, wait, wait. No, no, that, I, want, that's I want to. That's I, not I, fair. I, I, was this I at a big to. table, like a big get-together? I want to remember. Was, was this a personal deal, or, no, or was no, this like no, ten no. people? No, no, we were sitting together. Okay. That's okay. Okay. I feel like you're being very vague. All right, Howard, bye. I mean, come on, you can't, you can't come on the show. You can't come on the Wait. show and give this, like, vague, it's good that you have a guest. But I He's a co-host, too. He's and not it, a guest today. He's the co-host. And you can't come on and say, we broke bread together. And then for us to be like, when? And, and by the way, it's completely unfair because my guess is that is that you, you were at the same table as him during, like, a gopher road trip. Okay. When it's all, when, when you're doing ten things at once. And yeah. he acts he acts like you don't recall. That's not fair. Well, and now there are I'm all these questions. You. I know. It sounds like I was involved in some mobster deal or something. Yes, it does. I remember we broke what bread. What can you tell us? Hey, yeah. you, don't, you don't remember, Myron. I mean, Howard's in Chicago. Frank, Frankie the Fish of, was there. A lot of things like, what going are you talking on about? I know. He, gave, he basically <laughs> set you up, and then he wouldn't answer the question. Who ended <laughs> up in the river that night, Myron? <laughs> it was not me. I feel like I just... I'm going to be called down. Some trial over this. Seal the deal. No, I know. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> At least tell me where we met. No, I know. Like, what's, if, what's with the mystery? But if this was a dinner that, <laughs> but if you were like with the Gopher basketball team, and let's say there was you know four people, five people there, yeah. you're not going to remember one no, guy but, necessarily. But that's, why just, but that's why you say things like, "Hey, remember when we yeah, went to the right?" It, that's like a normal. Con- maybe in Chicago they do it different. It didn't have to be vague like that. It was you and another guy and another guy. Forget about it. Like, what? <laughs> no, wait a minute. What are you? What was I involved in? I know. I'm defending you here. <laughs> Come on. I got dude. your back on this one. It's just bizarre. Um, just quickly, the cap. Because he, he's talking about the luxury tax yeah, and, and I, the fact that the Wolves, I mean, I don't know. Draft well. Draft well. <laughs> you get a Giannis in Milwaukee. You get a cat. Quit yelling at people all the time. Draft Steph Curry. We'd be having a different conversation about the Timberwolves fans. You know, it's just yeah. draft well. Yeah, that's your advantage. Exactly, and quit yelling an entire game. Yes, and guys might say, "I'd like to play that." Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll talk to wins next. The Mackey and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Happy, yeah, happy. On fifteen hundred ESPN, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, bland, half baked, disrespectful, overexposed, not worth your time. Mackey and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. TCL Broadcast Studios, uh, Mackie out today, uh, Myron Metcalf, ESPN, ESPN.com, ESPN Radio, in for him. As you just heard, Wetmore joins us now. And uh, Derek, I want to start with the All-Star game and the Twins selection. And I think Metcalf and I agree, we fixed the problem here. The problem okay. the problem seems to be that Rosario, rightfully so, Rosario should be an All-Star. And and unless he gets elected in the final what five vote, he's not going to be. This is very very simple. If you took the vote away from the players, and by the way, players should vote on nothing. Players don't pay attention. Players ask each other what they think. Players ask, say, what, where, where are you going to eat after the game? And by the way, who should I vote for for the All-Star game? Yeah. So players in no sport should vote. They should be eliminated from this. If you gave the commissioner's office the power here and said, elect the reserves, this fix is really, really simple. I mean, this is child's play. 
Michael Brantley um, of Cleveland off the All Star team. Go home. He shouldn't be on it. He has no. He has no right. Rosario on the All Star team. And now, and now I'm going to fix baseball's biggest problem today by doing this. Blake Snell, who's 12 and four, 2.09 ERA, Tampa Bay, great so far. Left off the All Star team. Blake Snell goes on it. Barrios, who will eventually make an All Star game in my world, comes off of it. You now have your bad Twins team with the correct All Star representative, and I've made two moves or four involving four players. This like is not. It. This is not that hard. You said you're going to fix baseball's biggest problem. You didn't mention anything about pace of play oh, or no, mound visits. Pro- I'm sorry. I Millennials should. not paying attention. Yeah. I'll rephrase. Their biggest problem today, which is Blake Snell <laughs> hey, not being an all star. Let me explain quickly why I don't get worked up about this, Judd, and then I'll give you a fix that a player gave me yesterday. That that's similar to what you're talking about. He was incensed hmm. that Rosario was not on the team. And he shouldn't have voted. They're all happy for Braos, but yeah, I mean, they're all pretty like they should be. mad in that clubhouse. It's, that, it's dumb. That their record is keeping Rosario out of the game, I think, is the perception. But the Reds got three All-Stars. So yeah, explain, you know? yeah. That is, okay, so box. You know, but I mean, what is it? <laughs> you call me in sense. the corner here. I, I think the reason I don't get mad, Judd, is Rosario's going to be in the game. Rosario's going to be, or be named to it. He's not going to win the final vote. They've got two big market guys in that vote. Yeah. He, he's not going to win the final vote. Twins fans, vote all you want to. I don't <laughs> foresee Eddie Rosario winning that thing against Stanton and Benintendi. Yeah. That's just a, a tough hill to climb. But I don't get incensed about it because like, there's going to be five injury replacements and pitchers will back out because they're throwing on Sunday and five more starters will get in. And you're going to have these relievers. Snell will be on the All-Star but team. But he should be today. Yeah, but who I'm cares? Saying, but but it's it's silly because it's so fixable. Players should never get to vote on anything. So players don't pay attention to things. Here's where I'll push back because I agree with that part of it. That players aren't like studying the stats. They're not looking yeah. and saying like who's the best. All they, they know, be. all they know is that series preparation. Yep. Who do we not want to beat us? Who's the best player on this team? They've got this Hopefully sort of they know that. laser focus on it. In most cases, players <laughs> know Miguel, that. Sometimes Miguel ain't so sure about who they're going to play. Well, and he's in Fort Myers right now. So these players are laser focused on their opponent. They're not necessarily saying like, who are the who are the twelve best pitchers in the American League? Go. They don't think like that. But here's the the solution that the player gave me that might actually might make some sense. I could see it. Players pick the rosters. Here are the deserving players in our league. These are the guys that we know are the best in the game. Maybe this guy's had a hitting slump the last couple of weeks, but, you know, I'm struggling to come up with a name here. But let's say Miguel Cabrera or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know Miguel Cabrera's an all-star if you play against him. You just know. And then, all right, maybe he's hitting 250 at the time of the break, but, but players pick... That whole roster, and then fans, because he still wants fans included in this. Fans then vote on the starting lineup. So then you you get away from this situation where it's just a popularity contest, or as he called it, a beauty pageant. Hmm. Uh, I think that there's a certain amount of uh, yeah popularity that goes into it with the fan voting. But I don't think anybody really wants to take that away because baseball wants these fans to feel like they're engaged, they're involved. Even if, let's be honest. Fans don't always make the right choices either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not an easy fix, but I'm just here to tell you, you're not the only one mad about it, Judd, but I will not get in any line to protest I'm how, not, how they pick the I'm, rosters because I just don't I'm not, care. I'm not that mad about it. Yeah. I just think that there's a way to fix it, and and I don't want fans to vote, but I also appreciate the, the fact that it involves them, 
And God knows right now, baseball needs fans to care. They, it's a That's huge right. thing. So I'm taking players out, and I'm saying, guys, you're not. I don't want you to do a thing. Just keep playing your games. I don't care. Besides that, where do the numbers come in? Because for me, and I don't know how you do it. Right, everything we're just spitballing here. Right, right. But I'm a big analytics guy. Okay. And for me, I feel like when you get down to the the Brantley Rosario, whatever the conversation is. At what point do you go to the metrics? At what point do you go to the numbers mm-hmm. and consult them and say, forget about whether it's the commissioner, players, or even fans voting. At what point do we just look at the raw numbers in those right. conversations and say, that guy yeah. is better than Brent. Like, there's just no conversation about that. He's the better player. Right. He deserves to go. So I think that's a really interesting question because that solves multiple layers of this. Like, if you back up and say, what is an all-star? Solve that, and then it becomes easier. I mean, we talk about this in baseball every year. Somebody gets hot and they run a reliever, might have 24 innings with one run allowed and, and you know, 40 strikeouts. And, like, that's, that's fantastic, and he should be an all-star. But then there's this guy who's been doing it for 15 years, and he's got the name recognition and the clout, and he does it in the biggest moments. You know, if Mariano Rivera slumped in April, it doesn't matter. He's going to the all-star <laughs> yeah. game. And I think that's what you have to answer first. It, to me... I do give some credibility to the fact that a guy's been there before. So Brantley is a perfect example of that. I I think the Brantley-Rosario decision, now part of it's teams have to be represented and they factor all of that stuff in, but I'm just saying, if you're looking at those two guys in a vacuum, Mm -hmm. I do. I want every team represented. We can fight about that. Get out of here. But I just say that... Leave the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I will say that I think that if if you just say who's got better numbers in the first three months of the season... Easily Rosario. Rosario belongs on this no team, question. and there's there's no fight. I, I can't even argue it. Right. But if you're looking at guys and you say, like, has this guy had an all-star career or whatever? And I think, let's be honest, that's what players are looking at. They're not necessarily saying, okay, Brantley's got a 20 points higher on base percentage, but his slugging's not as good as Rosario's. How does this all? <laughs> Rosario's got more outfield assists and his defensive war and his range factors are better. Players aren't looking at that. They're saying, Michael Brantley, right, but that's he's why, been there, all-star. But in my opinion, fans put in, put in those guys. Fans are going to mm-hmm. vote for the big market guys that they know. So that's taken care of. After that, the, the reserves but, to me should be guys having all-star seasons. Hmm. And it shouldn't be, I like this guy. Yeah. Or, or last time we played this guy, you know, we played Cleveland and Brantley was really he good. Went that's, how, that's, that's how they vote. These that people, is how they vote. Players are not credible voters. That's how they vote. They're oh. not credible. And, and the commissioner's office has a far better chance of looking at this and, and doing what Myron just said, which is looking at the statistics analytics and saying, Eddie Rosario deserves to go. Clearly. Barrios will go someday. Yeah. He doesn't have to go mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Well, I, so let's, let's just quickly break down. The fans vote for the starters. Players pick the reserves, and then there's this final vote. And but you know the managers used to get to pick the relievers and stuff like that. I don't know. I think, they can. Yeah, I think which I like that. Yeah, managers' they're role out. has been extremely limited, and that's smart because they're just going to pick their guys, or, or they're forced. They feel like they're forced to pick their guys. You're dead right about what that. What I'm saying is that if the if the players are then picking the reserves, I don't have as big of a problem with that because to me, they've decided in their mind. I want to go with the guy who's been there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right or wrong, that's what players have decided, not Rosario has a higher wins above replacement. I, I I think you'd have a lot of fans that would argue against that. And I'm a numbers guy too, Myron. But I think you'd have a lot of fans say like, what does war have to do with being an all-star? And right. that's probably what the players are saying too. Let's come back and talk about this. 
When is a win streak really not impressive? We're going to tell you. Mackie and Judd are back. All right, people, let's get ready. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Join past and present NHL players for a day of golf at the 2018 NHL Alumni Classic. It's taking place next Monday, week from today, July 16th, at White Eagle Golf Club in Hudson. In addition to a round of golf, each registration includes on-course food and beverages, dinner, player gifts, and more. For more details and to register, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, David Harrigan, Zolgad, Myron Metcalf, uh, Derek Wetmore for one more segment discussing um, all things baseball and in particular. Let's get to the Twins right now and their super impressive four-game sweep of the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles because I was told all weekend by people, including my, my local cable all-sports network, that the Twins beat the Orioles four in a row, and that's impressive, and you've really got to give these guys credit. And you know what I say to that, Derek Wetmore? That's what I say to that. The Baltimore Orioles are historically bad. The Royals are damn near as bad. They're coming to town next. You can win seven in a row, and I don't care when it mattered. You went one and nine against the White Sox, Cubs, and Brewers. My God, really? Does anybody really? And and you know what? If the beer tasted better at Target Field, God bless you. But if you put any stock into this crap, Give yourself a reality check. Well, the Baltimore Orioles are a joke. Horrible. They were on the plane on Saturday. Yeah. I, hey, so look. Please, please, <laughs> please. Judd, I told you on May 1st that this season was over, that individual games no longer matter. complaining to you. I'm not okay. complaining at you Just for your coverage. Sure. What I am saying is there's far too many people in this town who are taking some weird drug that makes them delusional. Well, hey, if that allows you to enjoy the month of July before the Twins go into their massive sell-off mode, then great. Yeah, exactly right. And then in August, do you figure out like pay, what weekends is the link available? I don't pay my cable bill to be sold a bill of BS. But Judd, yeah. you're weird. You gotta know that. No, but I but you are not the average viewer of Twins games. You're not am, the average people who pick up the paper. I am weird, but people should come to my side to understand why it's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This, right. this shouldn't be celebrated. Yeah. Just so you know, Thank like you, you're out on this, this, this little island. And I'm closer to you because I cover this team on a daily basis. What I'm saying is that you can't hardly blame anyone for wanting to inject, even if it's a little bit of faux optimism, a little bit of optimism because it makes the day-to-day grind of a baseball season just seem better. It's more tolerable. I Look, I've got a list here of nine guys, ten guys that you could conceivably see traded this month or next month before the uh, waiver deadline. That, to me, is all I'm thinking about when I show up at the park, but that doesn't mean that like the game itself doesn't matter. That Odorizzi's start is meaningless. Like, if your basic point is that the only thing that matters is championships, and I, we're seeing this in the NBA right now, people are sick to death of the loading up and super teams, and the Warriors are ruining basketball. I, I couldn't disagree with that more. I'm as interested in the NBA now as I have been my entire life. Despite the fact that I know the Warriors are going to win the next championship. Yeah. I know that sitting here today. And that to me is sort of a fundamental divide. I think you and I disagree on this a little bit, Judd, where I don't think that the Twins are going to win the World Series this year. And I'm still going to show up to Target Field after this. And I, and I think what no. you're getting after is like, this win streak doesn't matter at all. Well, it does for its own sake. That, that's sports. You're it, saying it's, for, it's wins. It's wins. I, yeah. I Like, look. If the Twins win 75 games or 80 games, it doesn't change anything. This is a 
It is a disappointing season. It's horrible. All right. Then, then, then when you come back and break down these games, yeah. what I want is a breakdown of how horse bleep the Orioles are. Okay. That's, That's why fine. you won. Yeah. That's fine. What I want, what yeah. I want, Fox Sports North starting tonight is that the, will never happen. Is, is the Treasure Island and Casino featured twin who I would trade today? Yeah. <laughs> and give me the <laughs> breakdown. Of, and give me the breakdown of who <laughs> you're going to trade and why. Yeah. That's what, what you I, might get for want, him. And I don't. I just want reality. Yeah. Right. I look. So I'm not, and I'm not raining. If you're a fan, I'm not raining on your parade. If the beer tastes better, that's awesome. But what I want from people that I pay to give me credible coverage is I want the reality of we're going to come back and show you just how bad Baltimore is. Well, because yeah, they are a joke. That real, I mean, being realistic would help. I mean, it, I agree. It would help. Look, I'm a, I'm on your guy's side of the fence with that. Yeah, it's never going to happen. But it should. It should. But it's it should not. Come clo- <laughs> it's it should like, come closer. Yeah. It comes like we're closer going in, in circles true. here, right? It comes closer <laughs> in Boston and Chicago's of the world. I'm not saying that they're not big fans. I, I'm not asking them to dump on the Twins constantly, but just give me a give me a dose. Give me a little bit of salt and pepper yeah. of reality once in a while sprinkled in. Okay. I would like some of that. that? Sign I would, me up. I would like a dose of reality on Byron Buxton. Sure. Because I think we live in a place where everybody likes to treat him like he's your buddy. Right. Nobody wants to criticize him. That's right. He's given us one burst, right. one flash of brilliance, and all of a sudden people are like, wait, how long do I have to wait? Yeah. Why am I still waiting on Byron Buxton? Maybe this guy just can't hit big league pitching. Like, maybe he is a guy who's going to be a disappointment throughout his entire career. Like, I'm watching the Mike Trouts and the Bryce Harpers and yeah. the Matados and all these guys right. who were hyped like Buxton, and then when it came time to deliver, they did, he didn't. Right. So at what point is it okay to be disappointed and upset with what I've seen in Byron Buxton so far? And at what point, if you're the Twins, do you have serious conversations right. about the next steps for him and how much value you could get on the trade market with him? Well, I think those next steps conversations are already happening. Yeah. What? How do we fix this? Because your best path to a championship caliber team runs through Byron Buxton. Yeah. I, if, if he can hit. If he can, well, right. That's what I'm saying. It's, right. that's, this is a big right. condition because if Byron Buxton can't hit, I don't know how you build yourself into that team. But he can hit. I mean, that's my concern. He right. can't hit. So like like what how do you how do you make a franchise guy I know. a guy who can't hit even in the minors? Yeah. Right? Like if you told me he went down in the minors and he was hitting three hundred and oh my god, he's not hitting in the minors. Yeah, and right now I think that's a product of working through his swing. And so they're basically saying like so I'll tell you a story. I played J V baseball and that's the highest I ever got. I was not a good baseball player. Uh, Better than I was. The heart was I willing. Little League. I mean, the, <laughs> the heart and I mind were willing. <laughs> the uh, body was not quite able. And there was a there was a pitcher who was a year younger, and he was playing up. And uh, pitching coach had him working on something that game, and he basically he told to him flat out in front of the team, which was a mistake. He said, "I don't care if you give up 16 runs today. You're pitching four innings, and I want you working on this new delivery." This he was like, "Hit." I don't know what the deal. I I couldn't even remember the details if I tried, but. I thought that was such a a devastating statement to say in front of a team like we don't care if we win this game. I care more about this guy's future. Yeah. Well, that's where the Twins are at right now, and it's surprising when it happens to a major league baseball team. It's surprising when it happens to a guy who's already made it all the way to the major leagues and won a Gold Glove. Like is a is a known commodity, is a known name. I think what they're saying right now in AAA is, and same for Miguel Sano in Single A. Look, I don't care what the box score says at the end of the day. I want your swing to get back to where it was at the last two months of last season. I understand if you're on a JV team. How old were you? Right, right, exactly. exactly. I get that. I couldn't drive you. This is a 24-year-old who's supposed to be a phenom, and you still got people saying, you know what, give him a year. That was last year they told me that, Derek. Now we're here at this point, and people are still saying, 
Give him a year. Like, are we going to do this till he's 30? This is the problem. The, fir- the, the problem with the 2018 Twins is not that they're going to miss the postseason. I, I think I told you this a couple of weeks ago. It's not that they're going to miss the postseason because if you told me last year's wild card didn't repeat and didn't make the postseason, I'd say, like, yeah, okay, fine. They've got a good core they're building around. They're building to something. Their general manager, their uh, chief baseball officer, they talk all the time about sustainable championship caliber club. Well, okay, they're building towards that. The problem with the 2018 Twins is not only are you losing, you've lost, and now you don't know what you're getting from your two most important players going forward. And, and, and you're right. That would be, you're right. if I went home from the office every day, you know, that mattering, my, my future depending on yep. what happens to those two guys, no. I would be all kinds of nervous right now. And I don't care when they're back in 2018. If they come back in 2018, right. what you need to do is have this turned around by opening day 2019. Yeah, well, you asked my... That's all, that's all I care about. When, yeah. when do you get nervous? You asked me, when, when do you... I'm nervous right now. Yeah, I'd be worried yeah, the day be. I had to send those guys out. I'm worried about what happens, not only the rest of this year, yep. but for the three and the five-year future of the Twins, too. I, I'm already concerned. That moment has already come and gone. He should be criticized. More, I mean, there should be but, more heat on Buxton than there is. Sure. But I told him he's not He's not because we're, we're so mad at Sano because Sano mm-hmm. was right. an all-star and has, has the abilities. Byron's a, a nice kid who works hard. Right. Yeah. So we give Byron a, a pass based on, on the fact that we're so PO'd at Sano. We right. can't see straight absorbs, to get mad at yeah. Buxton. He absorbs a lot of the blows. And if, if Miguel comes back in 2019 and is successful and Buxton is still struggling, I think at that point in time yeah. we're going to say this really isn't going to work. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, Baseball is a game built on failure, so we can always find a way to criticize guys. And I almost, I almost wonder sometimes the pendulum swings a little too far in the other direction. Where, well, hey, if he was a prospect, oh, it's going to be great. He's going to be fine. Kid gloves all the way from age eighteen to twenty six before we finally someday decide on a prospect. Like, yeah, maybe he's not actually the player we thought he was going to be. Someday I, over the rainbow. Yes, yes. I'll say I'm not someday there with Byron Buxton. I'm yeah. not there with Miguel Sano. I still think that there's time for both those guys to straighten out their careers. But thank you, sir. Ch- uh, check Thanks, out, guys. Check out Derek's work as always, 1500ESPN.com. Twins back in action tonight against Kansas City. Boy, would well, that be a big win if they win that one. I mean, the Royals <laughs> are so good. <laughs> Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. No, no, oh, no. Now. I need it now. Yes. I can't wait. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now.